Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hope everyone is having a fantastic long weekend. Welcome to episode 49 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Fredericksburg, Virginia, as Izzy Barber takes home the weekly honors. Izzy went 10 for 13 with three doubles, a triple, two home runs, and 13 RBIs. What a fantastic week, Izzy. Great job. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Purdue University alum, former Dallas Charge Pro, and host of When the Cleats Come Off, Ashley Burkhart. Ash had a stellar four years at Purdue, where she earned three straight all-region honors from the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association. She was also a three-time academic All-Big Ten honoree and garnered first-team All-Big Ten accolades in 2014. She was drafted into the National Pro Fast Pitch League by the Dallas Charge, where she would spend two years before moving on to the coaching ranks and then starting her own business called Ashley Burkhardt Training. We're going to talk to Ash about getting her start in the game, her time at Purdue, of course her Ashley Burkhardt Training, which produced a fantastic podcast when the cleats come off, as well as much, much more. It was an absolute joy to get to talk to Ashley about her career and the success of her training program. I'm sure big things are in store for her, and I wish Ash nothing but the best moving forward. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Here we go. Ash, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been excited about this one. Yeah. So how are you, Ben and Ernie, making out? Oh, man. Actually, Arnie and I just came back from the park. Um, apparently, they just put on the sprinklers, so it's so wet. So he's soaking wet at this point. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, needs a bath. But yeah, he's he's fun. Ben's good. Uh, I don't know how he puts up with us, but he's yeah. the man. <laughs> You got a big event coming up at the end of July, don't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a million things coming up at the end of July. But yes, that's, <laughs> that's the big kahuna. That's We're finally getting married. So Right on. So in, in, <laughs> indoor, outdoor wedding? What do you got? What do you got planned? Definitely indoor. Yeah. It gets so hot. I know it's Indiana and you wouldn't think it gets hot, but yeah, my hair wouldn't be able to put up with an outdoor <laughs> wedding. That's for sure. <laughs> So do, do any, like, do you, do you guys have any restrictions down there as far as that goes or everything's like clear sailing right now? Um, partially. So we're going to get married in a church and they have some, uh, restrictions at the moment, but we're crossing our fingers that like our, the attendees don't have to wear masks or anything, but you just never know, but mm-hmm. we're going to go with the flow anyway. So I think the amount of people we've invited, that's totally fine in both venues. So it should work out smoothly. Right. So, so how, how are the, uh, how are the cases down there? Um, I love that you say down because not many people are above me. Oh yeah. We're in Canada. <laughs> in Indiana. <laughs> I love it. Um, they've actually, they, they're hit or miss. I think right hmm. now we're pretty good. Um, but who knows, like in a couple of weeks it could be worse because we live right by the 
RV industry and that's booming at this point. So they had pretty high cases not too long ago. So I think with the vaccine cases are going down. So yeah, your guys, uh, your guys' vaccine rollout is way better than here in Canada. Like it's ridiculously better. So, I mean, right, right now in Nova Scotia, where the province I, I am in Canada, we, for like the first part of the pandemic, we were the envy I think of North America, like we went all summer last year, like June, July with no cases at all. No way. Yeah. And then right now we're in lockdown. We're we've, wow. we've had the highest cases ever in the last three weeks that we've had. So we need the vaccine. Wow. So you're not doing much <laughs> no. other than recording podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I'm glad I have this to fall back on. <laughs> Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. So you had a good uh, couple weeks of of traveling. You got to uh, see your sister, Christina, finish out her senior season with the Tar Heels. Uh, How was that? Amazing. Um, You know, I'm pretty blessed to be able to go and watch her play whenever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Last year when I was coaching at Notre Dame, I didn't quite get to much. So it was really an honor to be able to go watch her play, especially her final game in Chapel Hill and then getting to watch her play in the ACC tournament. I know it didn't work out the way we wanted lost the first game, but mm-hmm. you know, no, no matter whether they win or lose, she's over four, four for four. I am her biggest fan. I love being able to travel the world and watch her play. Right on. Then I got to ask about those senior games. Like they must be pretty emotional. Like you've been through one and, and she was just through one. Like, like for anybody involved, those got to be pretty emotional. Yeah. You know, I would say, I think she was more emotional after her last game a couple of days ago at the ACC tournament. Cause it kind of like, it, it finally hit. It was like, Oh my gosh, like this mm. is the last time I'm wearing this uniform. It's kind of, it's really, it's, I of course cried because I've been there. Like I know what this feels like, but the difference. And I think, I mean, now that it's out, I can talk about it. I got to be able to play, you know, after college. Mm-hmm. So of course I was emotional. I mean, Purdue is my love and, you know, I never wanted to stop playing there and representing the university, but I had also the honor of being able to continue my career. And actually, Christina, as of today, entered the transfer portal. So I, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I figured you were going to bring that up. But yeah, so I think she's very, you know, emotional because she loves UNC. Mm-hmm. Like she loved representing and being a Tar Heel. And she, you know, did it for five years. So I was like, oh, it's a long time. Yeah. But yeah, I think she's she kind of just wants to venture out and try something new. So, um, you know, with that, the emotions of, you know, finishing out her season there, it was it was heartbreaking because she, you know, she loves her team. She loves her coaches. It's just, yeah, a lot of emotions. <laughs> so how does that process work with what she's going through Honestly, now? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think you just go to compliance and you say, I want to I want to be in the transfer portal and the sign a document and you're in. I think that's what it goes like. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like pretty a, simple. I mean, there's 300 people in it right now. So. Yeah. But the, the whole portal, it sounds so like uh, Marvel. <laughs> I know. And it's always existed, but now it's like heightened. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, with social media, everything's heightened now, right? Totally. Yes. Anyway, we have a little thing that uh, I like to start the podcast out here with. Uh, we call it quick pitches. Um I'm going to throw 10, 10 questions at you. Okay. Totally random. <laughs> well, some aren't, but some are. <laughs> so you answer them as best you can, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how you end up. 
I love it. I do this to other people on my podcast, so I'm a little <laughs> nervous on the other side. I <laughs> know. Uh, this is awesome. All right, first one. Here we go. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Nay. Yes. Not a fan. Thank you. Best place you've ever traveled to? Uh, Italy. Best place to eat at Purdue? Oh, the triple X. Of course. The triple X. It's okay. not, people think it's not what it is. It's a burger bar. So okay. there's actually food there. I promise. Okay. The triple X, best place in the world. Oh, I was like, what is the triple X? Like that doesn't sound good. Okay. Actually, <laughs> I actually have a menu item there, so I'm never going to answer any diff- anything. Different. Okay. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> if peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? Oh, <laughs> creamy goodness. Okay. <laughs> Best moment in your softball career? Ooh. Getting drafted to play pro. Okay. That was that was a special day. No yep. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> what would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm obsessed with tigers. Just imagine if that oh, thing was Oh, my jumpers. Holy cow. <laughs> like, think of the fangs on that thing. Yeah. You know what I, I I think I would I like I love wiener dogs. So oh my gosh! Can you imagine that would a wiener be the dog? Happiest horse. <laughs> That'd be That's amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, back to this. Uh, best advice you could go back and tell seventeen-year-old Ashley. Stop trying to please people, bro. Okay. Doesn't work. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I got asked this my senior year of college and I don't even remember what I said. Um, Hmm. Travel to wherever I want in a matter of minutes. Time travel. I like it. Yeah. All right. That'd be amazing. If you could go back and play one game and change the outcome, which one would it be? Hmm. Can I say none of them? Okay. Yes, absolutely. I feel like I needed that. Like mm-hmm. I needed the loss. I needed the struggle. Yeah. I and mean, there are some tough losses I've had, but like, I don't know. They taught me a lot. So I'd say none. That's good. Last one. On a scale of one to 10, how much does Ernie love yogurt? <laughs> 55. <laughs> I've seen the video. Oh, my I was going to say, I figured you saw my oh, Instagram. Reel it's so awesome. His head, his head was in that thing. And now he's too big. His head wouldn't fit in the entire thing. He must be upset over that. Oh, I know. He loves his yogurt. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. On to your career now. Let us know when and where you got your start in the game. Oh, man. Um, so I originally started playing baseball. And I know there's so many athletes that started the same way. I think Danielle Laurie did. Mm -hmm. Um, There's more too. But yeah, I started with baseball because I had a bunch of neighbor friends, called my boyfriends, but I was like the (laughs) only girl on the block. And I'm pretty sure they were all like signed up to play baseball. And I was like, I want to play. I want to play with them. And, you know, I got along with them. I mean, we, we were out on the streets every night playing some sort of sport. You know, we'd take our bikes and go play and So they were kind of like my buddies. They'd pick on me, but like, I loved it. So played on that team. And I don't think I played much, to be honest. I think I sat (laughs) the bench more than anything. Uh, But I played baseball. And then that same league also had softball. 
So I think it was the next year. And my dad always makes fun of me because sometimes my stories don't exactly match up. But from what I remember, <laughs> it was the next year I started playing softball. Um, and, you know, that's where my love of the game started. I, I played a few years um, rec ball, loved it. I played every sport you can imagine. So I'd go from softball and then um, volleyball and then basketball and kind of just like all the other sports, soccer mm-hmm. and swimming for a second, like just played around. Um, and then, you know, I didn't start travel ball, I think until I was like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had the best travel team, Fort Wayne fire shout out to all my girls. We just did like this reunion in Nashville is amazing. Oh, did you really? Um, yeah. Yeah. But like nice. talk about where my true love started. It was around those girls, like okay. that team, I think we were together for like six years, maybe like virtually no turnover. We just loved playing together and competing. And, you know, we worked our way up to get invited to Colorado. Like we were one of the inaugural teams for the fire and we like worked our way up to go to showcases and we just had so much fun. We'd like rent houses and cabins in Colorado and all hang out and then play during the day and go hike at night. Like it was the best. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's where, like, I think my true love started with that team. And then, you know, we got to a point where half of us wanted to move on and, you know, play in college and mm-hmm. some didn't. And so it's kind of where I moved to a, a more renowned travel team here in Indiana and then started really traveling the world right. um, to play against in front of the best. So yeah, that's where it started. And that's kind of where it led me. But I know I probably talked a little too much about that. No, story. That's all right. Like, did you did you have an instant love for it? Or or was there a process of growing into it? Or you absolutely um, loved it right away? Know, I really loved softball and basketball the same, even volleyball. Right. Like those were my my big three. Um, and then going into high school, I played basketball and softball and loved both the same going into high school. Played travel ball and then I played travel basketball too. Um, and then I kind of had like this confrontation with not a great coach that I had in basketball. And it kind of like made me lose my love for basketball. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, you know, I do love softball. And so I started putting more time into it and just loved it even more. So right. yeah, I didn't always love it the most. That's for sure. Right on. Now, can you remember what age you were at when you were like, I want to play college ball? Yes. I almost know it to the day. So my freshman year in high school, um, there was a girl, uh, Andrea filler. I'm just going to drop her name. Um, she actually is playing potentially for team Italy and competing in the Olympics this year. Um, we, we got a long history, but yeah, she committed to play at Boston college my freshman year. And we had both made varsity as freshmen. Um, and when she committed, she was better than me, like straight up. She mm-hmm. was a better athlete overall. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, if Andrea can do this, like, I don't think I'm that far off. So we started adopting some of the things that she was doing. Like she was traveling to lessons. We started doing that. Um, she also played for a pretty renowned uh, team in Indiana as well. And then we ended up playing on the other big team together later um, before we left for college. But I kind of like followed her footsteps and was like, I think I can do this. Um, so, and that was also kind of the time where the Fort Wayne fire, we were kind of breaking up a little bit. Um, so she kind of pushed me to be like, okay, I think I can do this. And then, you know, training went gun hell with it. Dad knew my dream. It was like, we're going to do this and we're going to figure this out. So, um, that's kind of like when I knew I was capable, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how far I was going to go, obviously, but I was like, if I just show up every day, figure out how I'm going to get 1% better 
just like kind of see where the cards take me. I ended up getting offers to multiple schools in the Midwest mm-hmm. and the rest is history. So that's kind of where I got really excited about it and started putting in the work. Now you, you talk about putting in the work and being able to do all these things. How big a role did your parents play in this? Oh, the biggest. Yeah. Um, I get emotional today. I'm 28. I remember, I think I was like 25 and I finally understood what the heck they did for yeah. me to be able to achieve my dream. Like the amount of money that it cost. Um, I mean, think about the multiple hotel rooms, like the travel, like we lived and breathed travel, travel sports for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Yeah. And then I have two younger sisters who also are playing college sports. And so I just, you know, they don't quite get it yet. I mean, they're, they're understanding a little bit more, but like it took me until 25 to fully realize everything that they did. Like when I didn't want to go hit in the backyard and dad was like, what's your goal? And I was like, play D one. And he was like, let's go. And then Mm -hmm. every time I'd never regret it. I'd never regret going out in the backyard and working on my game. And, you know, of course, like I was probably a troubled child sometimes. And my dad is like, (laughs) I, I know specifically one time I was pitching I learned how to pitch because we didn't have a pitcher and I didn't want to lose. So we figured this out. And like dad and I would spend so many hours figuring out how to pitch. I remember we were in a gym, St. Charles gym, and his back was up against the concrete wall and I threw it over his head and he stood up and it came and hit the back of his head. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever seen my dad get so mad in his life. And I get it now. I get it now. Like, the amount of punches to the gut they've had to endure to like help me live out my dream. is just crazy. My mom and I were bonding over it the other day. Um, and we cried about it just because of like, geez, so much. <laughs> I'm like, man, parenthood, I think I'm ready, but I'm not. Yeah. So give me some time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your mom was awesome on that scooter, by the way. Like that. My mom. Oh my gosh. We had the best time in Louisville. We just took those lime scooters and just went up and, oh, it was great. Oh, it was amazing. That's fantastic. It looked like a ton of fun though. It looked like a lot oh, yeah. of fun. My mom knows how to have a ton of fun. Shout oh. out to Jen Burkhart. Awesome. She's the best. Awesome. So take us through your recruiting process. Like what's the decision behind, What like, was it always Purdue or were there other schools involved? No, it wasn't always Purdue. Um, we actually grew up massive Notre Dame fans. Um, I remember going to games when I was little, we tailgate all the time. It's about two hours from my house in Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. Um, and our whole family were like big Notre Dame fans. So like the big dream was Notre Dame. I was like, this is where I want to go. I'd love to compete here. Um, I think I can do it. Like if I work hard enough, um, and you know, when, the recruiting process started and I started getting invited to camps. Like I'd get invited to Notre Dame. I actually did that. They have like hitting clinics every week. I actually went to those every week. Like I, we were gun ho on this. We were like, we're going to do this. Went to their camps. Um, but then we're, we were advised to like, don't just go to one camp. Like you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. So we went to a bunch of different camps. Um, Purdue was one of them. Uh, I remember going to like a Miami of Ohio camp, uh, Michigan state, so many other ones, um, just to like, kind of put my face out there a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, once coaches could contact, I got, you know, a few contacts like Boston university was one just super random, um, Michigan state ball state, um, not IU, which is funny, but Purdue, um, they were kind of like the bigger ones that were on our radar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we did we did contact Notre Dame, but it was kind of like a man, like we already have someone in your spot, kind of like not really a great fit. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> um, but I truly believe that because I wanted Notre Dame so bad, all these other schools were able to pop up in my radar. Right. Um, because I worked so hard for that one dream. Um, which is what I tell my athletes now. I'm like, dude, like you can want to play at UCLA. You just got to know what it's going to take to get there because I'm telling you, UCLA is going to pop up maybe, but like, well, guess what else is going to pop up? Like all these other great schools. So, um, that's kind of how it went for me. So Purdue started knocking, went to their camps some more. I think I ended up going to like two of their camps. They started coming to my tournaments. Um, that was by the time I was playing with the Indiana magic gold, which is the higher level team in the Midwest. And so competed in Colorado, competed in Florida, competed in California. That was fun. Um, all the big places. And I would see, you know, coach Mar would be there a lot like watching, um, which was the head coach at Purdue at the time right. and other schools were there. And so I got like two pretty good offers from Purdue and then Michigan state was like another big one. Uh, ball state was the first though. Shout out to them. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really kind of like between Purdue and Michigan state. So dad and I spent a lot of time, like taking notes, like pros and cons, and they were so close. But then once I visited and actually had my official visits, I'm like, Michigan state is so big, like Mm -hmm. so big and Purdue is huge, but like, I don't know, Michigan state just seemed too big for me. Um, and then Purdue, like just the tradition, like the fact that John Wooden has his leadership Academy. I met Kathy Wright eager, who is my leadership advisor. And I was literally sold on that visit. So, um, that experience is what led me to be like, I'm ready. Purdue, this is where I want to be. Nice. Nice. So what do you, what do you remember about arriving there freshman year? Um, getting all the gear and not wanting to take it off. Like I wanted everybody <laughs> to know I was an athlete. I and this hear is you. funny because like we all did this. We were like, you know, kid in the candy store. We just got all these t-shirts. We got a grout fit, you know, like a sweatshirt and pants that were gray. I'd wear it everywhere. Um, I was just so proud to like wear Purdue and like represent the university that I was like, I think that's like the first thing on my mind was like, I love this place. I'm going to show everybody that I play softball. So they come and watch us in the spring. (laughs) Um, that's what I first remember is walking on campus and wearing my gear. <laughs> That's all. There's nothing better than getting new swag though. Like, no. like oh, it's so awesome. And it, it was like nothing compared to what they get now, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like that was, it really felt like living the dream. So what, uh, the first, when you guys first started that freshman season, actually I, I went through like, I do extensive research when i when i do this stuff so i love it uh, when uh the first few games of the season i noticed like you were either getting in as a pinch hitter or or you weren't playing up until game seven of that season you got you got in against niagara you went two for four with three rbis and it seemed like after that nothing like you were in full time what like what uh can you tell us about leading up to you know, what that game, I guess, and, you know, kind of the hardships, were you hurt or, or was it just, yeah, so I'm going to give you a little curveball. Okay. Um, I was the team starting second baseman going into the spring. Right. And a month prior to season, I got mono. Okay. And it's like, mono is like the one where you cannot physically move your body more than just walking for like 
four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually lost, so let's, let's be real. I gained a lot of weight going into my fall. So like muscle mass and of course, you know, dining courts, (laughs) I gained a lot of weight going into there. And then once I got mono, I ended up losing 16 pounds and that included a lot of my muscle. Um, so my, you know, trainers and my strength coach were like, you are not physically going to be able to play right away. Like you cannot start. And I was devastated. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I've worked so hard. Like we've had so many 6am workouts. Like I'm ready to just freaking ball out. Yeah. And I go on the first few trips and I'm like, I can't even do anything. Like this is, I was eating up inside. I was like, this sucks. Um, and I, I didn't even know I went two for four that game. Um, but with, I was with, three RBIs, I was with three RBIs, <laughs> with three RBIs, I was just hungry. You know, like, I was like, I worked so hard and then I get here and now they're telling me I can't play. Yeah. Like I specifically remember coach Earls, who's the strength and conditioning coach at Penn state. Now uh, he's still one of my great buddies. Um, he was like, Ash, like you can't, you can't, you know, do the run with the team today. And we were going to do like, you know, 300 yard shuttles are the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and they're so hard where you're like, I hate seeing my team suffer and I can't be there. I can't, you know, do it with them. And then coach Earls was like, well, you can do half of it. And I was like, no, like I'm doing all of it. (laughs) He's like, no, (laughs) you're doing half of it. And it was just like this back and forth. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll just do half. But yeah, that was, that was awful. But you know, I was, I was in, like I said, I was hungry. As soon as I got to be able to do things, I was like, I'm going to go all out because I haven't been here for like a whole month. So, right. um, let's go. <laughs> so what, what was the, uh, what was the biggest adjustment that freshman season? Um, just the game, it, it gets faster, you know, every level you get to the game is faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, Well, one huge adjustment for me was I was actually more of an outfielder than anything going into Purdue. Um, And during the fall, I had trained in the outfield and the infield because they were looking for a second baseman. Um, And I had played shortstop in high school. So it's not like I've never played it, but in travel ball, you know, up until that point, I was an outfielder. So um, being moved from the outfield, I didn't even play a single game in the outfield in college, which kind of breaks my heart. I love the outfield, Um, but it's what my team needed. So um, that adjustment was probably huge. And also the speed of play, Um, you know, learning a new position as a freshman, it's kind of hard, Um, but you just kind of roll the punches and figure it out. Yeah. So did you end up playing, did you play, end up playing first base? Like I did. Yeah, I did. My last two seasons. Oh, okay. Okay. I loved first. Oh my gosh. I didn't know how much I was going to love it. Really? But yes. Like, I mean, I still, that's the thing. Like I did not get tall until my junior year of high school. Like I was five foot going into high school. And then all of a sudden I'm almost six foot. And they're like, you're the tallest second baseman we've ever had. <laughs> We're throwing you on um, first. <laughs> I know. Well, that's funny. Later on. Yeah. But you know, I really loved first. I had this fun position where my best friend is our star pitcher. Um, she's actually my maid of honor, my wedding. Um, you know, and like we read each other so well to where I was kind of like, you know, they say normally the catcher is the one who, who knows what to say. Yeah. Like the, you know, our catchers had great relationships with our pitchers, but I was always like that one where I was like, mm, she's off. And I go like, <laughs> tell her that her shoes untied or something and joke around. Um, but I love that I could, you know, be right next to Lil and get some outs with her. But mm. yeah, there's also a leadership position in first that I never knew existed. I loved it. Yeah. Well, the funny thing I've pitched my entire life, like I've been a pitcher for what, 37 years now. (laughs) So, and, 
every once in a while, like like with our the league that I'm still playing in, th- there's these games where we don't have as many players, and sometimes I'll get thrown on first base because totally that, and I'm yeah. like, what foot do I put on the bag? <laughs> like, it's so confusing. Yeah. Yeah, when I moved to first, it was like a whole winter of just figuring out footwork. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and knowing when to extend and when to reach and when to get off the bag and when to not go towards second base. Yes. You know, like where the, yeah, that was so hard. Um, you know, any new position, it takes time. But like literally, it was just every day we do the same drills, um, you know, picks. And I, I don't, I did not learn how to do the splits, but I did it once and then was able to do it more often. I don't know how that, I'm not that flexible, but figured it out. If I, if I went down, I would not be getting back up. I can tell you that much. Nope. That'd be it. That's so cool that you still play though. Oh yeah. Still going, still, still pitching at 43 years of age. And, and I really don't foresee me slowing down right now. So that's incredible. Fast pitch. Yep. Fast pitch. Do you do a, like a slingshot pitch or a full windmill? Full windmill. Um, so I ask you that. Um, I'm not trying to age you at all, but my grandpa actually, he played softball, fast pitch softball. Um, and, you know, now that I think about it, he probably was an influence on me to play the sport, um, you know, through my dad probably. But mm-hmm. he actually had like a slingshot pitch and he's from Pennsylvania and softball was like big out there. Yep. Um, and he like, that's like the first pitch I actually learned was that slingshot. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, one of the guys that we interviewed here, that's on the U S men's national team here a couple weeks ago, he went to a tournament down in Florida, I think it was last weekend. And that's the style they were playing. They were playing like a slingshot. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know that still existed. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to think about, yeah. um, man, I wish I knew the name, but there was like an absolute legend out of. Allentown, Pennsylvania, and he just passed away this year. Um, but I actually had a pitching lesson with him when I was little. Um, he was like world renowned pitcher. Eddie Feener? Oh, shoot. No. Oh, okay. Cause that's the king in his court. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was him, man. I really wish I remembered his name. This makes me feel like an awful person. Yeah, yeah, my right. grandpa was so excited <laughs> to take me to go see him. I'm like, I don't know who this man is. <laughs> Yeah, but that was that was fun. That's another memory that I don't think I've ever shared before. Right on. Well, that, hey, that's good info to have on here. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you'd have three more amazing years at Purdue. Uh, are there some memories or events that you know really stick out to you? Yeah, um, junior year we played Michigan at home. They were ranked number four in the nation, and we had no right beating them. Um, and oh, ended wow. up beating them, I think, by a run or two. I don't even remember. I think I hit a triple in that game, but I thought it was a home run until someone just corrected me recently <laughs> felt like a home run. Um, but yeah, that game totally sticks out to me. Cause like our celebration at the end was just like, Holy crap, we did it. Yeah. Um, and then literally that was a, that was a midweek double header. And like the next game they beat us 11 to one. So we lived it out and we were like, Oh crap. I think we got too excited. Yeah, nothing like getting snapped back to reality. What? <laughs> yeah. So that was super significant. Another game. This is actually a televised game, which back, I don't want to age myself, but back then, like very rarely were we on the big 10 network. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a game where I think we won one to zero and it, it was against Illinois at home. And, um, one to zero was my home run. And I literally hit it over our, um, scoreboard, which was like a really, you know, tall scoreboard at the time. Nice. Um, but it also happened to be the game where I stole second 
And the catcher threw it so far up the line that it one hopped and hit me straight in the face, in the mouth. Ooh. Uh, and I kid you not, it looked like I had a jar of chew in my <laughs> mouth, like underneath <laughs> my jaw for like a whole week. And um, I was safe, obviously, because it hit me in the face and probably bounced a million miles away. Um, I thought I lost my teeth. Like I literally, I was like, I don't have teeth. Yeah. I, my mom was like, you screamed so loud. I'm like, yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> like I thought coming at me at the corner of my eye and I couldn't do anything about it. Um, but then that post-game interview, I'm like, of course I'm the one being <laughs> yeah, interviewed uh, with my chew in my mouth. <laughs> like it was not pretty. I had also like seams on my face. I, that was like a battle scar. It was just a crazy game. Um, goes to show what kind of warrior you are though. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I stayed in, I mean, there are so many good memories. I, I'm trying to think of, there's another one where, um, you know, we were playing like Louisiana Lafayette and they were ranked like top 10. And again, like, who are we to go out and like try to beat a team? But I remember having like an in the park home run. And, you know, as I'm sliding into bases, I normally try to read the receiver to mm -hmm. see like where I'm going to slide. And she made this like last second move that made me actually go in head first, which I have never done at home plate ever in my life. But I'm like, the only way I'm going to get there is if I do this. And my hand ended up being safe, but my hand ended up hitting the catcher's shin. And like, I swear I broke my thumb. <laughs> um, and I still, to this day, I think it's broken, but like they said, they gave me x-rays. They're like, it's not broken. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> um, but I ended up wearing this like thumb cast, like the rest of the season, even while I'm playing defense. Um, never sat out a game. Like it was literally like, I don't know how the heck I did this, but. And the training like, staff, the training staff's like. Ashley, your thumb's not broken. What are you doing? Like, yeah, stop trying so hard. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. And then, of course, like the top memories, like when I got drafted, mm. um, that was unreal. We were playing Ball State midweek game the day before. Coach Shooty called me into her office. She's just like, hey, so like you could be a potential draft pick tomorrow. Just wanted to let you know. Like, are you in? If, like, would you play if you got drafted? I was like, oh, uh, yeah. But then I was like, you're lying. That's not a thing. Like, me? <laughs> Of all people, we've never been to a regional. Like these, all these girls getting drafted are probably playing in the women's college world series. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what me? Um, and so, you know, we played ball state and I mean, just like any player that's like really into a game, like you don't think about that stuff while you're in, in the midst of a game. And it right. happened to be like a back and forth, like we'd hit a home run, they'd hit a home run. I think we ended up winning like nine to eight or something. And again, I probably got that number wrong, um, but it was just so intense. Uh, ended up being a fun freaking game. And after the game, we're singing our fight song to the stands. And my dad like looks at me and he, he does his whistle. Like he has a special whistle yeah. and he did the whistle. And then he was like, you were drafted. And then he held up his hand 15. And then I don't even remember anything after that. Like it was just, it's all a blur. I was like, what are you kidding me? I'm bawling my eyes out. Um, Actually that was, yeah, that was the lead into my next question. I think April 5th was the actual date, but uh, oh, I'm uh, glad you remember that. I was, I was going to ask you about getting drafted by the Dallas charge of the national pro fast pitch league. Uh, yeah. And you, you just pretty much said it all. I was going to say like that had to be a great feeling, you know, knowing that you'd still have the opportunity to play at a very high level. Yeah. You know, I always say this. I'm like, it was never a dream of mine. Like I didn't really think that was in the cards for me, you know? So you don't really, um, 
I never had the dream to play in it. Um, but I think the fact that I just gave my all to this game and I really just wanted to be as good as I possibly could kind of led me to that. So mm. man, it's crazy when dreams happen and you don't plan them. <laughs> so how, how was your time there? It was, you know, not what I thought. Right. Um, I could probably talk about this for a while, but, um, so I was one of the first to get on campus, um, campus. It's not a school. It's just what? Dallas. It's a school? <laughs> I was one of the first to get to Dallas. Um, you know, we'd have, we had practice literally like the week after my last game. So we were just it's like, I had a week to pack. I had a week to move out of Purdue and then, you know, go over to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just so fast. And we, so I was practicing with, you know, the few people that weren't playing any playing, um, in college, um, because we were waiting on half of the other team or the rest of the team to finish their seasons before they'd come and join us. Um, so we trained for about two or three weeks before we even had our first game, I think. Um, and it was fun, you know, getting to hang out with, you know, all Americans and, you know, people who won national titles and, um, it was just fun. I soaked it in. Um, but then my, my coach kind of made me feel like I didn't really fit in. Um, and I, honestly, like, I'm kind of glad she did. Cause I, I learned a lot about myself in this process, right. but, um, I really started feeling like I didn't really belong. And I was like, you know, wh- who am I to be here? You know, middle of the big 10, you know, never really made it, never made it to a regional. Like I just had all these inner doubts in my mind for like a whole season and a half. Um, I, I didn't really, you know, I had played and started, you know, I started pretty much as soon as I could at Purdue and was always a starter and, you know, didn't really get a whole lot of opportunities. And when I did, of course it was against Monica Abbott, who is the best pitcher in the world. Um, (laughs) you know, so my opportunities were slim and and they were tough ones. So, you know, I just, I was like, this is just how it's going to be. I'm just going to pinch run for Lauren Hager. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what it's going to be, you know, and I try to make the most of it, but you know, I really, really struggled mentally during that time. Um, but it was literally, we're playing team USA in my second season and it's not a game that counts in our record. So I got to start that game. Um, and I don't know, just some sort of light clicked for me. And I was like, dude, Kehlani Ricketts is on the mound. Mm-hmm. let's crush her. Like, let's go like let's game on yeah. this team USA. I'm playing like nobody gets this opportunity. Like let's go. So I ended up going, I think two for three and a stolen base in that game. And I was finally like, nice. I'm back. Nice. I'm back. Like this is, this is, this is Ashley playing her game. Mm-hmm. And like, I hadn't done that for a whole year and a half. Um, and it was really, that was kind of the tipping point for me. Then after that, it's like, you know, still I strike out just like everybody else, but like, it doesn't really eat me up as much. And I'm still getting, I'm getting better opportunities now. I'm actually, you know, a starter more often and trusted more often. And sure, of course, you know, some games I don't start, but it didn't really affect me as much because I knew what I was capable of. And when I was going to be given the opportunity, I was going to do my best. Um, then I finally started hitting home runs, finally starting to play good defense. Like I was just back, you know? And so, it was, it was, you know, half of one season I got to, you know, be me again, but, um, it was that winter that I had a two-year contract. So, um, and we were bought out by, I think another organization or another GM. And, uh, they said that they weren't going to renew my contract that winter. And I kind of was just like, all right, well, that was it. It was fun while it lasted. And it was actually like, 
no shame, no hate, but yep. like, it was like a two sentence email. Wow. And it was like, well, you're not coming back. And I was like, okay. Wow. So yeah, that was, that was a way to end a career. Um, you know, I could have tried out for other teams, but I don't know. I think I was just like ready. Yeah. I was ready to move on. Um, you know, coached a little bit. I coached at Purdue during my two seasons and then built my own business right after that and started doing a bunch of lessons and kind of just grew it from the ground up. Yeah. Well, I was going to jump into your, into the coaching part of it. You went, you went to Purdue and then, then you ended up going to Notre Dame. How did, mm-hmm. how did you enjoy the coaching aspect of it? Um, to be honest at Purdue, I was coaching my best friends, including my maid of honor, Lily, um, which meant that we couldn't be friends. Yeah. That'd be tough. <laughs> it's kind of like that, that line you can't cross. Yeah. So honestly, didn't really like it a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I got, it was really cool though. I did, you know, I worked a lot with the base runners, um, and you know, was really involved through a lot of BP. Um, it was kind of cool to see like how the ship runs from the other side. I learned a ton. Um, but yeah, like the coaching your best friend parts, it's never easy, but you know, that was I, a lot. I learned a ton about myself. Um, and then I, and then I tried a third time to coach in college and I went and coached Notre Dame and loved it. I learned so much from Deanna Lizzie and Chris. Um, Chris was actually the one who used to give me those, the hitting workshops. She was always working them. And so okay. she was working with me since I was little. So it was pretty full circle to be able to join that staff. Um, but that happened to be the COVID COVID year, um, uh. which meant that, you know, there was a dead period for like a year. And, you know, the, the athletes that I feel like I impacted the most, my young ones, I couldn't work with them because I was a college coach. So that's kind of where I, I pulled myself out of the college coaching realm and went all in on the the business. And I think I learned through those three years of college coaching that I'd much rather be here. <laughs> so, um, but I did learn so much from every single one of those, those people I worked under. Nice. You're making my segues so easy because you're transitioning. It's like I'm a podcaster. You or would something. think, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Ashley Burke, training. So mm-hmm. where did this all originate from? Um, okay. So after I finished my pro career, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, I, I had studied applied exercise and health in school. So I was working in the weight room with teams. Um, and you know, those hours of like waking up at 4am to work with teams was just like, I was like, nah, it's not very sustainable for me. <laughs> um, but I, I did really enjoy the coaching aspect. Um, you know, getting people pumped to like go lift some heavy weight. I still love lifting to this day. Um, and I loved learning about the kinesiology of the body and like what impacts the swing. Um, but actually what I think I learned not the most from, but the class that I love the most at Purdue was sports psychology, um, which is a class that I took inside of HR. So, um, different HR <laughs> or HK, <laughs> sorry. I was actually thinking health and kinesiology, so okay. HK, not HR. Um, yeah, but that sports psych class, it really changed the game for me when I was a student athlete at Purdue. And I applied those things like meditation, breath work, journaling, all of these different things to my own game. And that's probably why I hit 400 my senior year. Mm. Um, and so that aspect, that mental aspect of the game is something that I really, really loved and enjoyed. Um, so I started giving lessons and then realized that lessons weren't just about hitting. I was like, lessons are really about belief and confidence and, you know, believing that the swing that you work so hard on can actually be 
like implemented into a game if you really put the work into it. So I felt like I was like working in the realm of, you know, lessons, but also like more than that for a long period of time. And I was like, I love this. And by the way, nobody's talking about mental game and hitting lessons. So let's grow this thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I just started doing lessons. I was like, I love to do this. I moved up to South Bend, um, actually to move in with Ben Marvin. And I found a facility here, gave lessons here like five times a week, four hours a night. Holy crap. Definitely wow. not sustainable either. Wow. Um, you know, I've cut it down a lot, but just for my own sanity, but I just loved this and I grew my you know audience here. But then I, I got into a point where I was just like, I feel like I could impact more people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I started doing lessons, I started an LLC just to kind of like have my own quote unquote business, but didn't really know what that meant. Um, and then, you know, I started working with the package deal who do clinics all over the country. Um, and I kind of grew my voice with them and, you know, I realized I could impact more and started doing virtual training worked with athletes virtually. And, you know, I was like, man, I can really work with a lot of people. And, you know, it's funny we say this because I do virtual lessons still, and I work with a girl from Canada. Um, and it's like, it's the coolest thing to be able to like have a video call with someone who lives up there and just wants to become the best version of her and kind of mentoring her through her process. Um, but I do that with athletes all over the country now. And I think it's the coolest gig. So how many groups, like how many groups do you work with? Is there like, do you have like do you have them sectioned off or, or that's a great question. Um, I actually work with everyone. So I literally just picked up a slapper who's eight years old this year. Um, and I also work with athletes that are going into college and some that are actually in college. Um, okay. so, you know, in their off season. So it's like, kind of like jump around everywhere, but I think that's the beauty of what I do. It's like, I can thoroughly communicate to an eight-year-old and have her execute and also know how to talk to an 18-year-old, which is obviously going to be extremely different. Um, but I think that's a small gift that I have. Mm. So I work with kind of everybody and anybody. Yeah. So <laughs> once it, how, how satisfying, how, how satisfying is it to, to see an athlete progress with what you're providing them? Oh my gosh, it's the world. And no that's doubt. the thing. They no always doubt. want to give me credit. I'm like, screw it, man. Like you did this. Like you literally have put in the work. I've just given you the little roadmap, but like, mm-hmm. it's not without your work that this happens, you know? And it's, it's really special to be able to, you know, get that text like, Hey, went four for four, hit three home runs. Like, <laughs> Whoa, that's amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This girl out here is just blowing it up, but yeah, it's, it's really cool um, that they want to reach out to me. <laughs> mm you know, when these things happen and I'm like, dude, it's you, it's totally you. Um, but yeah, that's get emotional over here, yeah, but that's, yeah, it's, that's going to be an awesome feeling though. It's kind of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask about when the cleats come off, which mm-hmm. is your podcast. Yeah. So d- did that become like a branch of your whole business after you got started or did, did you initially have this in your head when you began everything? Oh my gosh. Great question. So I started, um, my business about four, almost five years ago, but the podcast has just launched last year. Um, and I didn't even know what a podcast was until about two years ago. So I was like, what is this? It's so lame. Like, okay, no offense to Ben Marvin, but he was like playing like a golf podcast. I'm like, this is so boring. But then I started like listening to entrepreneurship podcasts. Um, like Lewis House's podcast, I freaking loved. And I was like every day listening to a podcast. Yep. And I'm like, 
I, I hate reading. I still don't love it. I'm trying to work on it because I know how much books can help me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, podcasts are my jam and I love listening to them. Me and I've too. so much. Me and, and, too. And I, yes. And I love applying the things that I'm listening. Like I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm like, I'm going to go execute this. And like, that's where I started finding like bit by bit, like all this different growth that I was like, man, you know, the biggest question that people keep asking me is like, how did your parents be able to help you and your two sisters play college sports. Like you don't see that very often, right? you know, and (laughs) And that's like a huge question that I would get. And I'm like, there's so much I want to teach. Like there's so much that I want to show, like there's so much I want to unveil, you know, that they've Mm -hmm. done for me and my two sisters to be able to live out our dream to where I started, you know, thinking about it. And I had a couple girls that worked for me last year and they were kind of helping me come up with a name. One of them happened to be my sister And she came up with when the cleats come off and I was like, huh? So this could basically entail, like, what are your relationships with your athlete outside of the diamond? Like, what are you talking about outside of the field? What are you working on outside of the field? Cause you know, one thing dad would do so much with us is like, if we had a bad game, we would stay another 15 minutes and work on the thing that we sucked at. Nice. And it was like, that was literally, he just ingrained that into us. And like, again, that's not when the cleats are on the cleats are off at that point, you know, and, and we're going hard at the things that scare us. And that was kind of like, wow, I really like the background behind this, this quote. And I was like, we're going to do when the cleats come off. Like, I love it. It's such a great Um, name. Thanks. So many people are like, but wait, you interview people that are still playing the game. And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, yes. But that's not the point of when the cleats come off. But they're not on the field. They're not on the field. Their cleats are off. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The cleats are off. Now we're going to talk about what you're thinking about. Um, And it's been so special because like, I didn't imagine interviewing people like Sue Inquest or my role model, Caitlin Lowe. Like literally she was the athlete I wanted to be growing up. Um, And, you know, Monica Abbott, we just had her on the podcast. Like I didn't, I didn't think of all these things happening. The nice thing about playing pro is that like, I have connections now, Yeah. Um, but it's been so fun to not only unveil my story and my sister's and I's journey, but also seeing that like, Hey, Delaney Spalding struggled with her mental game too. And she's team USA's Olympian. And, you know, it's just, it's just so crazy. Like, so many kids are like, I'm in this bubble and you know, it's just me struggling. I'm like, no, the best struggle. Like you are not good unless you failed a ton Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to, when the cleats come off, ask these questions about like, Hey, you know, when you were in a rut, how did you get out of it? Or, you know, when you weren't starting, what did you do about it? Like, it was just incredible. It's just so cool to like unveil the athlete behind the athlete. Um, and kind of see their journey and how their parents helped inspire them to become the best versions of them. And some of them, you know, their parents didn't even have a dabble in softball. They just happened to, you know, know people that could help them. And their parents were like, what do you, what do you want for dinner? Like they don't care. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, everybody's journey is so unique. And I feel like any episode that we've had, somebody can relate on some sort of level with mm-hmm. these interviews and these, and these um, recordings. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Now, is there one guest where you were like, wow, I'm chatting with this person. And I think I know who you might say. <laughs> well, Caitlin Love. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. I texted my dad the morning of the interview. I'm like, I'm interviewing Caitlin today. He goes, don't you dare fangirl. <laughs> he goes, don't you be a fangirl. 
And of course, at the beginning, I'm just like, so you were like the person I always looked up to. Um, <laughs> but I, but I want to do that. I want to be real. Like yeah. I really want to be myself. Yep. And she was that person. We literally dad and I would TiVo her slapping TiVo her first step in the outfield, you know, TiVo that whole replay thing in slow motion, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't exist anymore, but nope. like dad and I always <laughs> did. Um, like she was it. And so it ended up being a much longer conversation than I thought, but it was so fun getting to know her and how freaking the same we were yeah. in so many ways. Like I could, I, my mind was being blown so many times. I was like, dad, her dad was the same way as you. Like, <laughs> it's just so cool. Like she's probably the reason why I always went so hard. Yeah. Like why I always, you know, broke my thumb diving into home, but not really meaning to, yep. or getting hit in the face and still playing. Like that's what Caitlin would do, Yeah. you know? So I think that was the coolest. That's- I mean, Sue Anquist, but like, she's like the queen. Yeah. So yeah, she was incredible. Natasha Watley was so much fun, but yeah, Caitlin Lowe takes the cake for sure. Nice. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's how I felt like when I, uh, when I got to interview Kat Osterman. Yeah. I was like, when she agreed to do it, I was like, oh my God, I get to talk to Kat Osterman. Like, (laughs) like I'm a, I'm a guy from Nova Scotia, Canada. And I'm, you know, as you said, fangirling over the fact that I get to talk to Kat. And yeah, we'll talk about somebody who's just so incredible at growing our game. Yes. Like she's, she's doing everything it takes to be able to make this game what it deserves to be. So I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. I need her on my podcast. She's actually been one that I've been thinking about for a long period of time. And hopefully we can get in, get in an interview before the Olympics to yes. kind of prep for it. But, Better good. And you, yeah. you talked to Dan, Daniel Laurie, and she was another yes. amazing guest that I had. And you also interviewed Sam Fisher, who is probably my yes. favorite guest that I've ever had because. Yeah. Man. When I interviewed her, I, sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Uh, when I interviewed her. We really, so we competed against each other in the NPF, but we really, we never had a conversation and we ended that conversation and we're like, girl, I'm going to text you every week. Yes. Like you are awesome. She is amazing. <laughs> yeah, she truly is. Yeah. She actually just interviewed me for hers. So oh, I don't know did when going to air. Wicked. Yeah. That was a really fun one. That was even more fun because we had already had our interview. Yeah. And so we get a lot deeper on her podcast for sure. That's awesome. Just Sam's whole demeanor is just Mm -hmm. so fantastic. And so chill. So real. Yes. And, and you've interviewed Jade, which, you know, you've seen her and her and Sam go back and forth with their, their video things. Mm -hmm. And I think they're one of a kind. Like, I know it's so awesome. Jade Hewitt. I interviewed her, but like, it was so fun to interview her because I had no idea she was an intern for my team, the Dallas charge when she was with us. Like, I thought she was like this professional photographer that they hired. Get out of here. No, she was interning. What? She literally interned for them and then ended up becoming who she is. And now taking photos for team USA, whenever they're out, like, it's just incredible. Her story. I was so honored to have her on. She's like, who am I to be on your podcast? I'm like, no, you have no idea the impact we've <laughs> had on this game. Yeah. She's on a freaking tops card. Her yep. photos are on tops cards and softball's never been on a tops card. Like it's just, exactly. it's so fun being able to share other people's stories. It's yep. the best. 100%, 100%. And that's like, if, you know what, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have started this podcast because I had the opportunity to, to work from home. And yeah. I was working from home and 
and I was listening to podcasts and I was like, you know what? Like I'm trying to find softball ones. And of course, you know, the seven innings have theirs and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and whatnot. But I was like, okay, well, there's nothing really for the men's game. And yeah. And I was like, well, what if I can do one for the men's game, but also the women's game, which I love and try to, you know, work them both together, which I've been able to do. And, and it's worked out <laughs> pretty well. I, I, yeah. you know, I find, but and uh, nobody's doing it. So yeah. kudos to you. That's yeah. awesome. So actually I gotta, I gotta ask you about the one guest that you got to, to interview because I would love to talk to this guy, CJ Beatty. <laughs> CJ. Man. Yes. The softball and baseball motivator. He, <laughs> he pumps me up more than anybody, I think. Yeah, he reminds me of Trent Shelton. Do you know who that is? Not off the top of my head, no. Trent Shelton, he basically, he just like goes on lives every once in a while and just spits absolute fire to where you just want to run through a brick wall every time you hear his voice. Okay. Like I knew, I knew Trent Shelton and followed him based on like other entrepreneurial podcasts that I was listening to. And I got introduced to him. Then I was like, this CJ Beatty guy is literally Trent Shelton um, (laughs) in our world. Um, But yeah, he's, he keeps it real. I guess sure. he does. He's man. Yeah. He's so awesome. Like just, uh, yeah, he, <sighs> I loved having him at like launching his podcast at the beginning of the year, because like, obviously we don't really need motivation at the beginning of the year. Cause we have our own, but right. it's kind of like that little kick in the butt that you need. Like whenever you need a little, you know, get out of your way, get yep. out of your own way, go listen to CJ. <laughs> yep. 100%. So what's the future look like for Ashley Burkhardt training? Any big plans or what? Oh my gosh. Probably too many big plans. I'm like that dreamer. I'm literally looking at my wall and there's probably 45 post-it notes of things that I want to accomplish. (laughs) Um, what are some big ones? So we're actually, since we're getting married this year, we're looking at potentially building, um, like a warehouse, but like not something like massive. I don't want to own a huge facility, but I do want my own space. So to be able to do lessons and, you know, have an office. Cause right now I'm in a spare bedroom of an apartment. So just like building that. And also we were talking off the cuff before this about, um, you know, having a podcast studio and like the dream would be eventually, you know, flying people in for interviews and, yeah. you know, finding good sponsors, which we'll have to talk about that later. Cause I have none yet except for <laughs> myself. Um, but yeah, like sponsorships for the podcast, just cause I want it to reach a ton of people. Like I, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, podcasting, it's like most of it's for paying out of your own pocket. Yep. So I just want that podcast to grow, to be honest. Cause it's my favorite thing to do is interview and talk to just amazing people. Um, this has been so much fun by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, your <laughs> questions are awesome, especially the RD question. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just growth of the podcast. And I'm actually launching a big course uh, right before my wedding. Um, It's going to be a four-week hitting course uh, to work on feel, posture, and just confidence as a hitter. Um, I'm very, very excited about this because I want to be able to make it like a a course that I launch, you know, two or three times a year. Um, And I'll be like hands-on with every athlete that joins. Um, Don't even have a name for it yet, but it's that's something that I'm really excited to launch in June. Um, right along with, you know, the women's college world series and then the Olympics coming up, like the hype around softball is going to be big. Yeah. Um, so then athlete, really, athletes unlimited, then athletes unlimited. Yeah, I know. Like it's <laughs> so awesome. Jam packed with softball. It's the best. Yeah. It's seriously, I literally watched athletes unlimited last year 
I was like, get me on that freaking field. I like know. I am dying to play right now. I became um, obsessed with it. Like, like yeah. after watching it last year, I was like, I love this. Like the whole format, everything. Sorry to cut you off on what you were going on about. I'm sorry. No, you're good. But, I'm obsessed too. That's where I got Sam on the podcast. I'm like, we need to talk about you on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause she's a huge advocate for the game, but yes. Yeah. So honestly, like that, that course right now is like where my heart and soul is, um, because I want to make it great. And this will be the first round of many. Um, but again, it'll only be like a four week course and it's going to be jam packed with activities to do to try to just like hone in on like who you are as a hitter. Mm -hmm. Cause I noticed like identity is a big thing and some girls have the best swing in the world, but they don't believe in it. So I'm building a course around, you know, here's how you can develop that confidence within yourself and find more feel, find more, um, you know, connection and leg strength and all these different elements that make you just a complete hitter. Right on. That's so good. Thanks. Before we go Again, I don't know the title yet. I wish I did. Okay. But hey, hey, when you have, when you have, when you figure it out. Just tweet it. Oh, yeah. You, uh, exactly. And I know you'll re retweet it for me. 100% I will. Yeah. So before we get on to this final, I have a thing I call player association at the end where I'll list off some players that or people in the game that you're familiar with and you can talk about them. But before I get into that, I, I want to touch back on Athletes Unlimited for a second. Yeah. The draft the other night. How, mm. like, how good is Aaliyah Andrews going to look in Athletes Unlimited? Oh, I can't wait. I know. She's going to be so good. I know. So like AJ was someone, a competitor I used to play against. And like, you're just like waiting for her to have ESPN play. You yes. Know? And like in, in pro softball, most of the balls are going to the outfield. Yep. So it's going to be fun to watch for sure. Like she's already had probably six or seven ESPN or, you know, sports center, top sports 10. Center. Yeah. Yep. Like she's just oh, so no. fun to watch. Yes. That, yeah. That's exactly it. She's so fun to watch. So yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest thing. I can't wait for, for this year in athletes unlimited is to watch Aaliyah play. So, yeah. And I just love the hyper on the outfield. They never get the praise, you know, mm. I'm like, let's go. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> on to player association. Like I said, I'm going to throw a, a name to you. And uh, you can say as little or as much about them as you like. Ready to go? Oh, man. It'll be fun. Sure. All right. Here Hopefully we go. First one is Lexi Moore. <gasps> oh, my gosh. She is coming to my bachelorette party. Awesome. <laughs> She's, oh, my gosh. She is, like, literally my ride or die in college, other than Lily, of course. But, like, she has the biggest heart has really influenced me and my love for just like growth. She was always the nerd, the bookworm, the one who was always like putting in work on our education. And I was like, man, like I want to be like Lexi and she's just doing amazing things now. Wow. I was not ready for that game for that name. Hey, I, I do my research. I'm just throwing Go names Lexi. <laughs> yes. All right. Next on the list is uh, Kelsey Kloss. <gasps> Kelsey. Okay, when I say the most selfless person in the world, I am not joking. Kelsey Kloss is that person. Really? Oh my gosh. Um, my favorite days with the package deal was when Kelsey was on the trip. She is so genuine and loving. She's like literally, you know, sometimes when you're the hype woman all the time, you need hype women. She's yep. mine. Like 
she's just always there for me. And I hope she thinks the same of me because <laughs> I just love her so much. And her sister actually goes to Notre Dame, which is right down the street. So awesome. I got to watch her. I got to watch her sister play. And then I got to see her this season. Uh, anytime I get to see Kelsey, I light up inside. Awesome. Next is uh, one of your past guests and your idol, Caitlin Lowe. <laughs> the dream. Um, <laughs> it's so weird that I have her number. Like that just blows me away. Um, I try not to like flood her text too much, but um, <laughs> that like, I would have never thought I would have a conversation with her. I, so I remember when I played against Arizona, she was in the dugout. Um, coaching. Like that was one of her first years coaching. Mm -hmm. And I remember her and Mike Andrea were like in the dugout and I'm like, I'm going to show them who I am. Like they're going to remember me after this game. And I ended up hitting like, I think maybe two for three stolen base, um, a double screaming, screaming double the outfield. Like I, and I remember after that game, like the two of them kind of looked at me different, you know, and they were like, nice game. I was like, Thanks. Nice. <laughs> but that was like literally the coolest day of my life. Um, but it, the, just that, that whole loving who she was and how she played. And then now like getting to be able to be able to communicate with her again, dad's going to be like, stop fangirling. But <laughs> I am a fangirl of Caitlin Lowe and always will be. Awesome. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, next one on the list is Lily Fetcho. Oh, well, Gosh, I'm going to cry talking about her. Um, man, that year was really hard when I had to coach her, but we are literally inseparable. She's always going to be my first call. Um, I love that she's only two hours away from me so I can see her whenever I want. Um, there's no other person I'd want to be by my side on my wedding day than Lily Fetcho. Fantastic. We've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. Yeah. Last one. You are pretty familiar with her, Christina Burkhart. Oh, hey, I know her. <laughs> um, it's so funny. Actually, uh, every Friday I send out like a newsletter to my um, my email list. And today's was like, literally, if you could exemplify playing the game with the most respect possible, she does that. Like she goes all out. Like no matter what, she is aggressive. She loves to steal bases. Like, I don't want to say she's a mini me, but like she, like, that's the funny thing. She broke my stolen base record in high school and I still <sighs> don't like that. Come on, Christina. Um, but, but in all honesty, I think she's better than I ever was. Like I will, all, I will say that till the day I die. Really? I think she's smart. She's so smart. She's the smartest outfielder. And I know like we just talked about Aaliyah Andrews, but I'm telling you like Christina Burkhart can read balls like no other. Like she is just wow. smart. She, she actually, her fielding percentage percentage was a thousand this year. Get out of like, here. No, that like she said that the other day, like we were out at dinner and she's like, I think, I don't think I had an error this year. And we look it up and sure enough, she's, she a thousand. In wow. Like it's just dumb. Yeah. She, she's better than me. That's and amazing. Back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I love watching her. I'm her Make biggest it. fan. Even though other people would argue this. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, they can argue all they want. Ash, I got to thank you so much for coming on. So appreciate it. Uh, I wish you nothing but success, you know, in everything you do, uh, which I'm sure, you know, you're going to have a ton of it. And I must say, 
You're not like everyone else, but you definitely fit the mold of an amazing guest on here. So thanks again. Oh, that's the best compliment. Thank you so much. This was a blast. I feel like I have a new friend in the game and I love it. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Ash. Thank you. Take care. I read the rules before I broke them. I broke the chains before they choked me out. Uh. Now I pay close attention. Yeah. Really learn the code. Uh-uh. I learned to read the map before bounce, I hit bounce. the road. You never heard this before But I'd rather lose a fight than miss the war And I ain't wishing competition or fishing for it I'm just living in a system, conditions are poor I've been lost in the rhythm and misinformed Too many late nights hitting the liquor store Too many bad decisions, half-ass attempts No sweat, no fear, no blood, no tears I go hard, and I ain't making up no excuse I'm overdue, I don't do what I'm supposed to do Cause if you think about it, man, we're supposed to lose It ain't all picture-perfect ocean views Nope, I was a first-class rookie Taking out bullies in my all-black hoodie Man a mystery, you know the history, get it or forget it, cause poof, I'm out of here. I read the rules before I broke them, I broke the chains before they choked me out, and I paid close attention, really learned the code, I learned to read the map before I hit the road. Oh, we said. No one's gonna see me I've been high and I've been real low yeah. I've been beaten and broken but I healed though So many ups and downs, roughed up and clown We all got problems but we deal though I'm trying to do better now, find my inner peace Learn my art form and find my energy When my back's on the wall I don't freeze up Now I find my inner strength and I re-up Here we go, I know I've never been the smartest or wisest But I realize what it takes Never dwell in the dark cause the sun always rises But gotta make it to the next day It's a feeling that you get in your lungs when you run But you're running out of air and your breath won't come